Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass? So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Varmt välkomna till avsnitt nummer 50 utav Champagne-podden. Det här avsnittet är inspelat nere i Champagne. Närmare sagt Lemonil, där bland annat... Pierre Peters befinner sig och idag så kommer jag göra en intervju med Rodolf Peters som är ägare och fantastiskt duktig vinmakare hos Pierre Peters. Just det här för- och eftersnacket spelas faktiskt in på vingruppens kontor i Stockholm. Anledningen till att det blev så var för att jag ska alldeles strax göra en intervju med exportchef på Röder. Vi hade bokat tid klockan 11. Jag kom en timme tidigt av misstag. Så att jag fick lite, lite tid över innan intervjun då. Och då tänkte jag att ja men, det här passar ju perfekt. Då kan jag spela in en för- och eftersnack för Pierre Peters. Men då slog det mig att jag kan inte sitta på, hos en importör och spela in för- och eftersnack för ett varumärke som de inte har. Men det är faktiskt så att vingruppen... Har ju också, de importerar ju Pierre Peters men också Röder, de har André Cloye, Arle Noble, Eglorier och numera även Dibault Valois. Pierre Peters som sagt befinner sig i Lemenil och de har fått en ny, ett nytt hus egentligen som de tar emot folk i. Väldigt, väldigt vackert, tidigare ägt utav Moët. Men jag tycker att vi gör så att vi lyssnar på intervjun och sen så kommer jag tillbaks lite senare. It's time for another episode of the Champagne Podcast, and uh, we're really glad to be in uh, fantastic Lemonil, uh, and um, we're going to talk to Rudolf Peters, the president and uh, the, the winemaker of uh, Pierre Peters. Very nice to be here. <laughs> <laughs> nice to see you again. <laughs> yes. It was one year ago now? More or less one year ago, I guess. The last episode was very popular. It was one of the most downloaded in Sweden, so we have a high pressure now for the for the second one. Glad about that. But maybe we can start just short. Uh, you can tell us who you are for the ones that, had, that hasn't listened to the first episode. I'm the winemaker for Pierre Peters for 12 years now. I took over when my father retired in 2007. So 19 is, is going to be the 13 harvest. Yes. 13 of my harvest. Knowing that I graduated uh, an enology uh, diploma, so I was formed to make this job. And where uh, did you go for in the... Rams? Rams University is really specialism for sparkling. Yes, know? there is other in Bordeaux, in uh, Montpellier, in, in Dijon, 
but for sparkling rims is a reference. Uh, I also graduated um, a business school and uh, MBA because, you know, it's it's a family rule. I knew that I have to earn my life outside the, the domain. So I made sure to uh, uh, learn well to to find quite a good job. So I mostly work in uh, the for the wine industry, not for wine, but work for suppliers of the wine industry. I mean, cork. Uh, suppliers, I mean labels suppliers, I mean uh, foils, uh, cages, things like that. So my last experience was in a big company, more than well, about 100 uh, million euro turnover, okay. uh, supplier of the uh, sparkling steel spirits, so and, and all about uh, packaging. So I mean again labels, foils, uh, cages, and so on. Yeah. But how long time have you been uh, working uh, at Peters? So I was invited by my father to yes. uh, to uh, participate, you know, yes. as an intern. Uh, as soon as I was graduated, so in in '93 was yes. my first harvest. So I was used to take uh, vacation to uh, participate to the harvest, to take days to come for some important uh, element of vinification or the blend or tastings to start to learn. You know, wine is about, is a long-term uh, job, you know. It's a key point for sparkling, especially because when you prepare a blend, you have to figure out champagne. And you can't do that if you don't have at least 10 years experience. I mean, a bl- the, the memory of the blend and 10 years later, the result, the wine. I think you're one of the best to to do that kind of uh, memories of the of the blend and also recognizing uh, the weather from from the past to be able to like you said the, the vintage uh, seven, 2017 yes it was uh, a little bit similar to the 59 uh-huh. and that's uh, very very special to be able yeah. to uh, it's not my memory you know 59 i was not born no, so no, it's no. not of course it's i just took uh, the, my grandfather not to, to try to find a relation and connection between a very out-of-standard vintage, uh, because 17 was a very um, out-of-standard vintage, and to try to understand uh, what kind of vintage was 17. 17 was especially uh, touched by the change, uh, but in a good way for Chardonnay. Uh, it was more challenging and we had some issues for the red varieties, so red grapes, uh, but Chardonnay was not uh, too strongly touched by the botrytis and things like that. So 17 is going to be a great vintage, but glad to all, hear. Yeah, old school in a good way. So yes. 59, yes, something like that. Certain tell me, told me 47, but if it's 47 or 59 is going to be a, a great vintage. Yes, yes. Really but you know, I learned also many other things in 17 and thanks to 17. First of all, it was that kind of vintage we had to wait for very high level of sugar before to reach a perfect phenolic maturity. Okay. And more and more it's deconnected. I mean that unfortunately the sugar production goes too fast for the phenolic. Yes. So it means that more and more, I don't pay attention to the chemistry, I mean, uh, acidity and sugar, to focus on the fruit itself. 
We make wine from a fruit, not from sugar. Or, we make alcohol from sugar. Yes. We don't make a good or bad wine from sugar. No. We make alcohol. And, and in 17, you know, average level of uh, alcohol in my curry was 11.5, which okay. is quite high. Yes. You know? And not uh, winemaker look for high, high Uh, maturity, you know, and no. more on the elegance, the purity, freshness, tense, uh, tension in my wine. But first of all, we have to pick ripe grapes, yes. phenolically ripe. And in, in 17, we had to wait high sugar. Yes. And, but I also learned another thing in 17 about the acidity. We pick grapes with almost the same level of tartric but lower level of malic. Okay. Tartric, it means doesn't, it doesn't change so much, except that, in a, and it is a very good point, tartric seems, seems to be more stable in the wine. You know, tartric is a, an, an acid which will crystallize and, and settle in the wine along uh, like crystals, you know, mm -hmm. that will settle. Okay along the vinification. Yes. You know, yes, when, as soon as you change the, le, le, the level of alcohol, it creates crystallization and the, the crystal settles. So you lose tartric. But it looks like more and more we have less crystallization, so we lose less and less tartric. So in a way, it means we start from the same level, but we end up the vinification with higher. And for the Malik, sure, we start from very low. But we don't lose so much because even we undergo malolactic fermentation, we lose a small quantity because we start from a, a, a small quantity. Yes. So even we, the average uh, level of acidity is lower than the classic. Yes, we don't end up so low, you know, at the yes. end of the uh, at, at the end of the vinification. Mm. And also, you know, Peters always was a mallow producer. Most of my father wine and uh, father uh, yes. was undergone the mallow lactic fermentation, even 100%. Little by little, I keep a small percentage of no mallow wine. Okay. And all my wine now are blended from no mallow tank and mallow tanks. Okay. But majority mallow. Something like 65 to 75% depended on the vintage. Yes. Is it a, a way to fight uh, climate changes? Uh, uh, sure. Yes. Sure. It's, it's a way to, uh, uh, to keep the balance. Yes. And in 17, and the reason why I mostly undergo Malo is the natural character of Le Menil. Le Menil is naturally sharp, energetic. Yes. And malic acid is a very sharp acid. So that means no sense to have a layer of sharp things on a very sharp base. So that's the reason why it was quite natural for Peters to undergo Malo to slow down the sharp natural sharp character of the wine. But you know the level of Malik now, natural level of Malik from the last vintages is lower once again and is low enough to taste much less sharp. And that's the reason why in 18, a vintage we found almost the same balance as 17. I took the decision for the first time ever to keep 50% my cuvier in Nomalo. As soon as I, I, I saw tanks with a certain level of malic, I mean low enough, we blocked. Yes. 
because I know that I knew thanks to 17 experience that yes. we will not have a, a sharp test due to uh, the malic acidity. Hmm. So yes, climate change makes uh, create a winemaking yes. evolution. You have if to be you, more uh, creative in your sure, in your blend. But you know, we already talked together. The, yes. uh, for me, uh, a clever winemaker doesn't apply a recipe. It just constantly try to adapt his decision to the specificity of uh, his raw material. So the grapes variety, the terroir, and the year. Yes. It, it looks like 19 follows the same path. <laughs> 19 is going to be more and less the same vintage as 17 and 18. I mean, driven by not heat, but uh, warm summer. So Clearly, it means uh, sugar production is going to go very fast. Yes. Not enough time for the phenolic to rye properly. So it means that we will have, again, to wait high level of sugar before to be able to uh, pick our grapes. Yes. So, but it's a new, uh, it's the new basics. Uh, no. It seems to be, uh, you know, we lived a golden age in Champagne. Clearly, the last 15 years, it yes. was so easy to make good wines, you know. Yes. Uh, Uh, we picked our grapes uh, mid of September during the Indian summer, so dry condition, not too hot, cool nights, just perfect. Once again, very easy to make vintages after vintages, millésime <laughs> after millésime. It's a little bit more challenging. Let's see who are the best winemakers and who are. Yeah, that's going to be <laughs> very interesting. <laughs> yes, it's pretty exciting. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. Uh, should we talk about. Um, Your vintage 12 of, of your yes, wow. Most this year is uh, also pretty exciting for Peters because we launched a few new uh, cuvées, very good vintages. 2012, uh, it's a very sought after uh, vintage. Why you know it's just one of an outstanding series. 12, 13, 14 really is a is a amazing series of great vintage. Yes. So 12 is the very first one. Uh, people expect uh, T12 like a very generous, powerful vintage. It's going to be that kind of vintage, but more than that. So I'm first explain that to me it's the new 2002, but I think it's going to be better than a new 2002 with a more precision Uh, a more energetic one. Same generosity, same power, uh, concentration, but with much more tense and energy. Basically, this one is driven by its very small yield. So we picked concentrated grapes due to the small yield, absolutely not due to hot weather, mm. so, which is better, actually. So let's try, uh, start by Chétillon. And yes. you know, Chétillon is always... It's a single vineyard made of three vineyards. Yes. <laughs> it's, it's a joke. You know? Yes, yeah, three, three uh, growers that owns uh, the, the plot of Chetillon. Oh, no, it's more than that. It's more than you that. Chetillon is quite a big uh, a crew in Le Ménil, big terroir in Le Ménil. It's, it's 25 to 27 hectares okay, totally. Okay. Uh, there is plenty. Okay, uh, but most of the grapes, they go to the co-op. Co Okay, you know? okay. So that's the reason why nobody heard about Chetillon, except a few other growers. But uh, the three growers that makes uh, pure Chetillon? I think more now. Okay. It's yes. uh, Charlemagne. Yes. My cousin, Pierre Agnier from uh, Robert Moncuit. Yes. Jacquard. Jacquard. André Jacquard also. 
and Pertolbrun and I think Pertolbrun yes. so it means four others good that Peters was a pioneer yes yes <laughs> And yeah. we really can say pioneer because <laughs> it's it's 40 years now that we release our first vintage. So and we but were, uh, the vineyard is about 70 years old, something. 70 for the oldest for the one block. Yes, through that our old, oldest block uh, was planted in 1936. Yes. Uh, but the the biggest block was replanted at the end of the six at the beginning of the 70s. Okay. So 40 years now. Soon 50. Yes. How many vintages have you made of the Châtillon? Myself or totally? No, totally. I can tell you, we started in 71. Oh. At the beginning, it was not every vintage. Now, uh, let's say since 79, I think, it's every single vintage. So, it's a lot. So, let's pour a little bit so um, yes. the listeners can hear the nice bubbles. You. So once again, Chetillon is uh, really, we own three parcels in the Chetillon, more or less 2.5 hectares, and that's our lux. It means that we can make a single vineyard from three different parcels, so three micro, micro terroir inside an outstanding terroir with slight uh, difference in between, you know, the biggest block is located in a place called Chetillon de Haut. The two others are located in a, in a micro terroir called Chetillon de Bas. Mm -hmm. They are quite distinctive and different. And that the reason why we can really blend them and also we don't vinify them exactly in the same way. Uh, we used to keep at least one of the three tanks Nomalo and Chetillon is since 2008 blended from Malo and Nomalo wine. Okay. N always with no recipe. No, no recipe. Ne not always with the same percentage of Malo and Nomalo wine, depending on the vintage itself. Do you remember the, the rule? The first one, at least 50% the wine of Chetillon for the cuvée de réserve. Yes. You know, my yes. first concern is not to release a few top wine. No. My first concern is to keep my non-vintage wine, my flagship champagne, high quality. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, bit to get 30, bit to get 20, 20, 20, bit to get 20, 20, bit to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. 
Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. And for that, I must keep part and a large part of the best of my uh, best terroir. Mm -hmm. So uh, that's the reason why, first of all, 50% of the wine produced from Nechetillon go for the cuvée de réserve. And then, Chetillon, single vineyard, must be the best possible wine. Yes. That's the reason why we are able to release Chetillon, whatever the vintage. Because yes. we, we, we have no obligation. We can make 3,000 bottles of Chetillon as we, we can make 10,000. Knowing that, potentially, we can release more than 20,000 bottles. Chetillon, the vintage, the cuvée, is really the cream of the cream yes. of one of our best terroir. But the 2012 was a quite small production. Ah, yes. We, we lost from uh, spring frost. Yes. Once again, it's a, it the key point for 12. We suffered spring frost, so we picked very small yield. Uh, something like average for Peters, it was uh, 7 tons per hectare instead of 10 to 11, you know. So it means, uh, yes, uh, we lost uh, more than a third of the production. Oh. Uh, so this one uh, was no more than 5,000 bottles or even less? It's 9,000. 9,000. 9,000. Yes. But Chetillon was... And hopefully we get some to Sweden. <laughs> yes, sure, as always. Yes. <laughs> as always. But they always sell uh, very fast. Sounds like, yep. yes, it <laughs> sells very fast. Yes. And the exciting news is that we offer this year a new single vineyard, also from Le Menin, yes. called Les Montjolis. And maybe you would ask me why you never released Montjoli before and why do, did you take the decision to release Montjoli? First of all, because it's good. Because we <laughs> know it's good for long. But so far, never uh, took the decision uh, to release Montjoli also because of the cuvée de réserve. Yes. So in Montjoli, we own seven parcels, about three hectares. You know, every year when we start to uh, figure out the blends or to taste the samples blind, the two best terroir showing the best, Chetillon and Montjoli, every year. But for different reasons. Uh, Chetillon is a very powerful masculine wine, very on his ground, you know, character. You will taste Montjoli is op the opposite. It's more feminine area. With higher acidity, uh, mm. so more flowers character, but still driven by the choke of the menu. Yes. So Les Montjoli, as for Les Chetillons, has a very distinctive character, has everything to uh, age very well. And we decided, uh, when I say we, I did, didn't uh, take the decision alone. We, with my father and my uncle, decided to release Les Montjoli. But even more with the same ideas for Les Chetillons, because Les Montjoli, we all know that is the backbone of the Cuvée de Réserve. First of all, and our first concern was to, okay, we took the decision to release a single vineyard, but we didn't want to uh, touch the backbone of the cuvée de réserve. No. So, Montjoli, I told you, three hectares. Yes. Potentially more than 25,000 bottles. Yes. One rule as well. 2,000 bottles, not more. Okay. Whatever the vintage. 
So what we take just a very small proportion of Lemon Jolie to release this single vineyard. I, I really like this one. And it's, a, it's got, a, it's very different to really? Châtillon. This you is know, my style of champagne. I really like this one. It's really the menu as well. Yes, has, um, the choke um, is also driven by the choke of the menu. But in a very different way. I think it's a more a buttery a texture, flavor than compared to the Châtillon. And white, uh, white things, you know, white flowers, yes. um, white fruits as well. Yes. I had an event, a common event with, uh, do you know Dominique Lafon from Domaine Lafon in Burgundy? No, no. No. Okay, he's a good friend of mine. He was showing his new vintage of Perrier and Genevrier. Since I was showing the new release of Des Chétillons and Montjoly 2012. And we both explained our vision of our wine and the specific uh, personality character of each. And it turned that I don't know if it's Dominique and I, we said, actually, it's the same. The Chetillon is a, a kind of Perrier, you know. Mm-hmm. It's tight when young, takes time to show, mm-hmm. and sometimes it seems to be very unfriendly or uh, shy. Like Perrier, take time. Yes. This terroir take, takes a long time to show. And Montjoly is like a Genevrier. Yes. Very aerial, very feminine, yes. elegant. But, but I think this is more, and, yes, uh, but more opened now yes. than the Châtillon. Yes, it's due to both are seated on uh, the choke of the yes. menin, you know, very strong character, very yodi and uh, uh, salty. But Le Châtillon is, a top, is in a top of um, curve, you yes. know, while Le Montjoly, it is the same band of land, you know, yes. the, the best band in the menin. So starting from uh, Le Châtillon, then it goes through a terroir called Coulmé, then Les Musettes, and then Montjoly. Everything is side by side, same yes. position uh, in the slope, so yes. middle, uh, middle same, slope. Same exposure. East, uh, east, south, east, yes. so both. Except that Montjoly is a little more down compared to okay. Les Chétillons, which is really in, in the okay. top. So the soil in Les Chétillons is very thin. In Les, les Montjoly, we find a little more clay. Yes. It's still, it's not big, heavy, so, no. you know, not at all. But we have trace of clay. And it creates the wrong palette, yes. you know. Uh, it's a little softer mm. than the Chétillon. Even, you know, the, I think the tides, the level of acidity, is, it's higher mm. in yes. Montjoly than in Chétillon. I agree. Mm. That's very nice. And <clears throat> we'll be, we will be able to have it in Sweden at Sustainable Laureate. I hope so. <laughs> I hope so too. I don't manage myself, you know. No. <laughs> Maybe you can come with some bottles. No, <laughs> no, no. It's in the store. To, uh, basically, you know, uh, it's very important. Since it's very little, yes. I sell this one in very few countries in the world. I made my shows for 15 partners worldwide. Yes. And I asked them to sell uh, direct to consumer. So in Sweden, it's go- going to be offered... You know, I don't remember the name, but uh, it's private offers. You know, I mean, yes. the wine yes. will not sit in the in the shops. No, no, will not stay uh, in, in the, the shop. Sellings, sortiment. It's a yes, special, sortiment. Yes, special, special assortment. Yes, yes, it will be sold special assortment. But yes. in every other country, I asked my partner to send this one as another cuvee. We can talk together then, direct to consumer. Yes. I really want the wine goes direct to the consumer. To the consumer, yes. 
you're a wine lover, and I guess you love of good food as well. Uh, it goes uh, hand there, in hand. Yes, it goes together. Yes. And I guess Pierre Peters is represented in quite a few of the Michelin star restaurants. Yes, correct. And I think so in Sweden also. It's uh, yes, almost heard, all of them. I heard especially, uh, uh, I don't remember, uh, Franzen. Franzen. It's they, one of the best in Europe. Yes, uh, it's, a, it's a very well-known restaurant. They built a, a vertical of Chetillon. Yes. So I think they are able to offer something like five or six different vintages of Les Chetillons. Which is great because, you know, it's even I try to, you know, to release, especially for the restaurant, uh, I can't say all vintages, but advanced enough to start to, to be less shine. Most of the ones, they are open far too early. Yes. Far too early. Yes. Because we buy too, too little. Yes. We have to have a bigger seller. <laughs> You're right. Yeah. <laughs> also, in Sweden, you have to be 20 years old to buy champagne. Why? Uh, but no, you have to buy, be 20 years old to buy alcohol. Ah, yes. Okay. And uh, if you want to drink uh, good champagne when you turn 20, you have to start buying when you're one or two or three years uh, old. You're right. So it's hard. But then you have to buy for your kids. Yes. Yes. Ah, uh, you're right. <laughs> but you have two kids. I have two. two, two. Well, one, yeah. one boy. Uh, one boy. Well, well, he will turn uh, 21 this year. And he's an artist? He's a student at uh, the Louvre School. Yes. And he's painting... Uh, he designed, yes. He, he designed, designed the label of L'Etonant uh, Monsieur Victor, yes. Yes. Himself. Yeah, Victor. And also uh, Alban. Alban. Alban, uh, yes. She's also an artist in a way because yes. she's a student in the School of Architecture. Yes. So both are... Artists, but you know, do you think they will come back and uh, be? Uh, it's too early. Blending I don't wines want to push future. pressure, and uh, I don't want to push too hard uh, because I I always always en encourage them to uh, experience their yes. own things, to live their life. They have time, you know. Yes. I don't want, uh, let's say, Pierre Peters to be an obligation for them. Uh, no. It must be a, a choice, and it, it, they must attend. The job by passion, yes. by a kind of mm. obligation, but, family obligation. But isn't it quite common that uh, the kids uh, they stay in Champagne for uh, until they get, go to university and then they work a little bit and then come back to Champagne when they're a little bit older? More and more. Yes. Yes, it's great. It's open your mind, and uh, when you you take the decision to come back, you are much clever, much stronger. Yes. Uh, yeah, and you're see. more open-minded also. Yes, uh, sure. When are your next trip to Sweden? October. Oh, no, November, sorry. November. Uh, early November. Yes, because I will, I will uh, open for you. Oh, let you taste. This year is pretty special for Peters because we celebrate the centenary of the first vintage elaborated by my great-grandfather. Okay. In 1919. Okay. Yes. Well, so it, it's a very important year for us and to celebrate, but mostly to pay tribute to the three previous generations of, of winemakers. I blended a quite special cuvée. Oh. This wine, did you hear about this wine? No, no. I haven't heard of it. So it's called Heritage. I made it, something it, totally crazy. Is that. it what I think it is? Exactly. Oh, you can wow. read in, in the bottle. I get like this goosebumps. Yes. So, so, actually, I asked my father and my uncle, 
the right to uh, to take most of our more fabulous bottle from the private library, the family library, because my idea was to blend the wine from 19 different vintages elaborated by the four generation of wine, the four generation winemaker. So this one is blended from 21, 47, 59, 64, 66, 69, 73, 76, 79, 82, 85, 88, 90, 96, 2002, 2004, 2006, 2008, and 2010. Wow. It's crazy. Wow. Uh, knowing that and you're smiling so much when you're saying it. Yes. I guess it was it was yes. a great you thing know, to blend. You know it. what? Because <laughs> when I took the decision, I was really uncomfortable. You know, it's it's once in your lifetime, and it's a, it's a tight decision. It's uh, I can't make sure the blend is going to be good. Uh, I blend, you know, so many different wine together. Uh, I had no idea if they can match, if they can pair, if they can find harmony. Uh, you will tell some, you wow. will tell me. But and, and uh, you know, so to be very precise, from 21 to 2008, it was bottles. Yes. This wine is blended from a third wine uh, store in bottle. So we reopened bottles to prepare the blend. It's a third wine from 21 to 96 a third one from 2002 to 2008, knowing that 2010 was the base. So okay. still wine. Theoretically, we can't achieve a, a prise de mousse with less than 50% still wine. Okay, okay. I took the risk to take only a third to leave a large space of the mature, uh, of the advanced vintages to, to show. And luckily, we succeeded. And how many bottles did you make? Uh, 15, uh, 1,500. 50, uh, 1,500. 1,500. Wow. And I will not release the 1,500 for sure. But you will, will you release? I want to keep for next generation yes. serious quantity. And which vintage uh, did you like the best? Of? 47. 47. Okay. It was blow mining. Uh, okay. Still, you know, absolutely not gold color, very light. Almost color. like crying. Yes. 47 was great. Wow. Uh, so we bottled the wine in 2011, you know, mm -hmm. base wine yes. 2010, bottled in 11, like for... Reserve. You kept the secret uh, very well. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> no, my, my importer, she, she knew that uh, I had the, 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 the wine uh, okay. in, in, uh, in the cellar. So the wine was bottled in 11. Same as for Letton and Monsieur Victor and the Reserve Oublier, the one edge under lease under natural natural cork yes. traditional bottling that the reason you have this shape uh, yes. this ring you know and uh, the one was disgorged in December so seven yeah. months ago now. wow this is a good end of the podcast and wow thank you so much as for Les Monjolis the wine will be sold direct to consumer 15 uh, partners in the world sold direct to consumer. I don't want speculation uh, uh, with okay. this wine. Yeah. I want it's that good. all the real wine lovers access to the wine almost direct from the domain. And you know what? Yeah. I used to explain and to say people, this wine, so the bottle was open uh, on Monday. So it lost part of the bubbles, but uh, it's more Ooh. wine, you know. Wow. And I used to say, this wine does the lies. 
I mean that you, I get the, you, the <laughs> you taste all the layers, you know, fresh because it's still lively, but also the death of the, the uh, advanced vintages with stress of toast, but also something, it also makes me, wow. You know why? Because I taste a lot of uh, marzipan yes. in this wine. And marzipan sure. is something, it's long, long time I would like to uh, make same wine uh, with this marzipan uh, character, like the wine elaborated by my grandfather in the 60s. All the 60s, I mean 64, 66, 69, they have that kind of marzipan taste. Mm -hmm. And I'm so happy that we, we were able to grab that, yes. catch that uh, in this wine. This is fantastic. Thank you so much. My well, pleasure. Oh, thank you so much. Cheers. Cheers. And I uh, hope to see you in Sweden in, um, in, in November. November. For sure. Thank you so much. And there was the interview with Rodolf. Och han är ju fantastiskt härlig. Jag skulle kunna ha stått och pratat med honom mycket, mycket längre och njutit av hans härliga champagner. Intervjun spelades in precis när det var som varmast nere i champagne nu i somras. Och jag tror att man uppnådde 47 grader i Rens, vilket gjorde att de faktiskt stängde en del bensinstationer för de var rädda för att det skulle bebrinna och... Tågen var också stängda så att det var ordentligt varmt och det var väldigt varmt när vi gjorde intervjun också. Det som jag tyckte var absolut roligast under intervjun det var att få se Rudolfs leende på läpparna när han tog fram den här heritageflaskan som jag faktiskt inte kände till. Och helt otroligt att man har blandat 19 olika årgångar i en Champagne. Och jag tror att första årgången var väl 1921. Och där ligger det två flaskor, alltså en och en halv liter från 1921. Helt fantastiskt, underbar. Rudolf själv sa att det var, ett, det var en chansning. De hade lite gamla årgångar nere i källaren och han sa att ja, men de enda som kommer dricka upp det här det är jag och min pappa. Och då kan vi väl lika gärna göra en sån här härlig kuvé utav det. Och man hade ju ingen aning om hur, hur det skulle bli men den blev ju väldigt, väldigt härlig. Jag vet inte om man kanske blev lite överexalterad för att man fick stå där på plats och att Rudolf var med. Men hans leende på läpparna när vi fick prova den, att ja, det går inte knappt att beskriva, det måste ses. Vi provade även en ny prestige kan man väl säga, eller en single vineyard champagne som jag tror man uttalar Monjuli. Som är en vingård eh, som ligger inte alls långt ifrån Chetillon fast man har en annan solexponering och eh, lite annan jordmån. En annan prestige som Peters har i Chetillon och eh, den har ju blivit omåttligt populär och blir svårare och svårare att få tag på för varje år tycker jag. Eh, och det är väl 2012 som släppte senast och, och jag misstänker att den är slutsåld. Är det så att man är sugen på att prova lite Chetillon så bor man i Stockholm så såg jag faktiskt igår att de har en Chetillon 05 på Bankhotell. Kostar endast 1500 kronor på restaurangen och det skulle jag väl säga är billigare än om man skulle hitta den här flaskan på, på auktion. Jag har även 
Jag tror att det är 15 olika årgångar utav Chetillon i min källare och tänker under våren att köra en Chetillon-provning. Så att är det någon som är intresserad av det så får ni gärna höra av er på ett mejl så kan jag göra så att jag skickar ut lite förhandsbokningar på den provningen. Nytt för Champagne Sweden är dels vi kommer börja jobba lite mer med rörlig bild och ljud. Lite liveprovningar. Vi kommer få hjälp av en, en duktig fotograf och kameraman att spela in det så att det blir en bra kvalitet. Sen även efter årsskiftet så kommer vi ta över en vinlokal i Gamla stan. Det är då en källarlokal där man dels kan lagra sina viner i vinskåp. Och även då att man kan låna det här valvet då som är jätte, jättefint. Där man håller i provningar eller man vill ses med vänner efter jobbet och ta ett glas vin. Men mer information om det kommer komma ut alldeles strax. Men nu gör jag så att jag tackar för mig. Och självklart så ska vi fortsätta dricka champagne alla dagar som slutar på G. Är det så att man råkar missa en dag så kan man ju kompensera och dricka lite mer dagen efter. Sen ska man ju självklart dricka ansvarsfullt. catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most. But if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. Acast helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. Acast.com.